Pinky with you right here on a very, very busy show. College football heavy, Jim Harbaugh heavy, Michigan heavy. As we get set here for a big game, by the way, between Michigan and Penn State. Also a massive game, Georgia and Ole Miss as well. Two top 10 matchups on this Saturday. 20 minutes from now, are either team on upset alert? We will discuss. But before that, since we have, if you include conference championship weekend, which again, I think because of how deep right now the field is to make the college football playoff, I think bare minimum, we will see all four teams playing in their conference championship game. So you have four games left, one month basically to settle it all out. As we sit here, I think for the first two months, we'd have, we have whittled down the college football championship possibilities down to five. As we sit here, I think there are just five teams in college football that could win a national title this year. I want to give them to you, but not only give them to you, give them to you in order, in the in terms of belief, where number five is the one least belief in, number one most belief in. So five teams, I think, right now that can truly win a national title. I want to give you them in order of belief that they will. All right, number five. Oh, there we go. Little CBS music. Now we're ready to go. The Alabama Crimson Tide. I give them so much credit. I can't believe they're sitting here on my list. Preseason, I was talking about how I thought this is the worst Alabama team since 2009. That they would be out of the top 15 when the final rankings came out at the end of the year. And in two months, Nick Saban does what he's been doing his entire career, proving the doubters wrong again. This is one of the teams I've been most impressed with this season because in terms of talent and production, they don't have a lot coming into the year. This is not your prototypical dominant Alabama team, but to their credit, especially under Nick Saban this year, and Nick Saban's credit, they have gotten better. They've gotten a lot better. They went from that Texas loss and dominant loss um, at home to the Longhorns to now looking like, again, a, a national title contender. Jalen Milrow has really progressed his game. Looks like being benched was one of the best things to happen to him. Now he's playing a lot better. He's developed. He's making better decisions. He's seen the field better. He's more accurate. He's more consistent. That defense is really good. Nick Saban deserves a lot of credit. This has been, I think, this year, one of his best coaching jobs of his career. He's been tremendous. Alabama, I think, can't believe it, but it's true. Number five in terms of teams to win a national title this season. The Washington Huskies. Look, they've right one of the best offenses in the country. Michael Penix Jr. is tremendous. Shortlist for the Heisman Trophy. The wide receivers are great. They could score on anyone and score on ease against anyone. The reason why that they are fourth, though, out of five and not higher on my list is because I don't trust their defense. Their defense isn't USC-esque. It's better than that, but not by much. Not by much. The teams above Washington, you'll see a trend in terms of being well-balanced offensively and defensively. Huskies, though, do not have that balance. 
They're really the only team out of the five, because even Alabama, good offense, good defense. Washington right now is really the only team that is mostly offense, that needs to win shootouts. Now, their defense is good enough to get a stop here or there, like they did against USC, like they did against Oregon, to squeak that win out at home so they can win big games with their defense. But in terms of consistently, in terms of now trying to go and beat Michigan, go and beat Alabama, other teams ahead on my list here, I have my doubts on Washington. That I do think they can win a national title, but I don't feel any as strong about them as I do the other three teams on my list. We've been talking about them all show. It's the Michigan Wolverines. They are like cheating aside. They are a really good team, right? I'll have to tell you that. They are. They got a lot of talent. They're playing well. They are strong on the offense, strong on the defense. Good running game. J.J. McCarthy has really stepped up. This season has really brought, you know, a prolific passing game to Michigan's offense. Where for the most part, they were tough defense and grinded out, run the ball down your throat on offense. Now, all of a sudden, they have a lot more balance. And now, they can really beat you in the air. So, you see that transformation, really, that upgrade from J.J. McCarthy as well. Again, the defense is tremendous. The Michigan overall, they're fast. They're physical. They're tough. They're built really well. They are built really well. And they're going to be eligible for the college football playoff, which means they deserve to be on the list. They, out of the top five teams, are number three on my list in terms of teams that can win a national title this year. Like Alabama, I doubted this team for a lot of the year. And I got to call a spade a spade here. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I was wrong about this team. And that's Georgia. I was, if you are, and hopefully you are a big fan of the show and listen a lot, you then heard, if that's the case, me trash Georgia a lot, doubt Georgia a lot, question why everyone was talking about how great they are before they even really showed it. Well, to the last few weeks, to Georgia's credit, they have shown it. They have shown why they are one of the best teams in the country. They are rounding into form at the perfect time. And somehow without Brock Bowers, his offense has gotten better. Carson Beck has really developed a lot like Jalen Milrow. Slow start. Now he's getting more comfortable. He's getting more confident. That offense is starting to be more prolific in the air. That defense is really good as well. And now you're starting to play some good teams. You beat Missouri. Nice win last week. I think you're going to beat Ole Miss this week as well. That defense has had a habit now of shutting down prolific offenses. Florida came into that game, moving the ball, throwing the ball well with Graham Mertz, shut him down. Mizzou has had a really productive offense led by Brady Cook. Shut them down. I think they'll shut down Jackson Dart and co. Um, on Saturday as well. George is legit, man. For all my doubts, and I think rightfully so, by the way, in September and October, when they weren't playing well, I didn't think this team deserved the benefit of the doubt. And now, they don't need it because they're playing really well, rounding into form. Georgia right now looks to be the team to beat if it wasn't for The Oregon Ducks. They are my pick to win the national title. I think right now, Oregon is a team to beat in college football and is a front runner to win this year's national championship. They are the best built team. They have insane talent up and down the roster, and they have no weakness. Like, this is a team, right? Think about it. They are the number one scoring offense in the country. They're averaging 47.4 points per game. How they're getting those 47 points, uh, 47 points per game 
is both in the air with Bo Nix and on the ground. They're a top five passing offense, top 10 rushing offense, but unlike Washington, they're not offensive heavy or offensive reliant, I should say. They don't go into games saying, oh, we got to win this game 45-42. We can't get a stop on defense. They have one of the best defenses in the country. Top 11. Or really 11th, I should say that. 11th in scoring defense. So elite offense. They have literally the best offense in the country. The 11th best scoring offense in the country. They are fast. They're tough. They're smart. They're experienced. They're physical. They're skilled. They could beat you in any, like, any style of play you want to play. You want to play defensive struggle? They can do it. You want to open it up, get into a shootout? They can do it. You want to get into a, a pissing contest of who can run the ball down their throat more? They can do it. They can win in any style of play you want to beat them at or you want to try to beat them at. You can't. Tough loss at Washington early this year. I actually came away, despite the fact that I picked Washington to win that game, I came away more impressed with Oregon than I did the Huskies with how they played on the road in a hostile environment and some mistakes they made to lose that game and leave the door open for the Huskies to win it. I am very high on Oregon. They beat the brakes off of a tough Utah team at home that won 27 games in a row at home with fans in the stands. They went in there. That game was over in the first quarter. They wasted no time. They are annihilating everybody. They are going to win the rematch of Washington-Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Oregon is going to the college football playoff, and they are my pick right now to win the national title. They are deep. They are talented. They are experienced. Bo Nix is like 50 years old. He's seen everything. I like their coaching staff. They're aggressive. They play to win. They do it all. Oregon, for me, right now is my pick to win the national title this year. They are the team to beat in college football. 855-21. Really, we got, there it is. There is number one. Number one at the end of the year, I think, will be Oregon. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Who right now, with one month ago left in the season here, what you saw for the first two-plus months of the college football season. Who is your pick right now? Who is your front runner to win the national title? Also, speaking of which, because the team we brought up in that conversation is, of course, Michigan. Jim Harbaugh on Friday suspended three games by the Big Ten starting Saturday, later today against Penn State, missing three regular season games as punishment for Michigan's cheating. I don't think it's anywhere near enough of a punishment. I don't think it really has, honestly, an impact on Michigan's season. And so I'm curious at 855-212-4227, is that, in your mind, enough of a punishment? Glenn is calling from Toronto. What's up, Glenn? Hey, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. What's on your mind? Well, um, first off, I, you said the Michigan fans should be, you know, um, playing celebration like you had on. Yes. I think you should be doing that. I think you should be doing that, too, because – You've been you've been chasing us down the last few weeks, and it's a huge story. And the three games, without much pushback, I know they're going to court to get them on the sidelines, but basically it's admitting, it's admitting. Everybody knows that they've been cheating. Everybody knows that. But to me, it's like I don't know what you expect them to do because there are so many other factors. I mean, when I called last week, there's the whole financial side of it. If they really don't have absolute proof that – Jim Harbaugh was, you know, that he knew everything. 
I find that hard to believe. But if they really don't, they're going to be sued by Michigan. Jim Harbaugh can sue them. I mean, this is a black, uh, black eye for the whole league, not just for Michigan. They want to put this behind them. So three games suffices someone perhaps like yourself. I know you don't think it's enough, but it's something. It's, it's, it's basically admitting guilt. They don't want to turn this thing into a big, you know, balloon, like, whole cheating scandal. Uh, they just want to focus on the season. And I just think this, without absolute proof, I don't know what else you expect them to do. Well, think about, I'm surprised. Like, think about it like this, well, Glenn. Go ahead. They were, Mich- yeah. and you just said it before, you think Michigan's cheating. Again, whether we can directly tie that back to Jim Harbaugh or not, I think for this, what I'm about to say is irrelevant personally. There's enough yeah. uh, evidence out there to say they cheated. They cheated since 2021, so three years. And their big punishment yeah. is a three-game suspension of their CEO head coach that, again, I don't really think impacts them on the actual game when he's allowed to coach during the week and he's not calling the plays. I don't think like that really impacts them or punishes them that much. And so you got away with three years of cheating and the three best years Michigan has had in almost 30 years, and the punishment you're getting is a three-game suspension which your head coach could still coach during the week? Like that, that to me is why it's a win for Michigan fans is because I think the punishment should have been way worse. And this punishment to me, Glenn, is more about a headline and more about Jim Harbaugh suspended versus actually inflicting real punishment for what the crime that was committed. But Ryan, that's the whole deal here. Like, not to say you're being naive about this, but it's a political thing. They, they can't, like, Jim Harbaugh first off is a draw. Like it or not, he is. Oh, I 100% agree uh, with you. But, yeah, so I don't know what else you want them to do without absolute direct point, uh, like the gun in his hand, that he, he was, you know, the head up of it. We all know he was, but without that exact proof, it, it, they just want to get back on with the, with the season. The fact that they've been caught, then all the other teams uh, uh, know that, they're going to have to change their signs or plays. And I know it's a huge deal. I understand that. You talked about that last week about, you know, the, the students going to, you know, all these hours of school and they can't, they don't have time to learn new plays. But at the end of the day, like, I really don't know what else. They just, the NCAA wants to put this behind them. And they probably went behind closed doors in Michigan and said, we know you're guilty. We've got to do something because we've got Ryan Hickey on the radio and others. <laughs> who, are, who, are, who, who are, So we got to, we got to put this behind us, do something. Let's move on. And I think that's what they've accomplished here. I mean, to me, without I don't know what else you expect them to do. I think it, where you should be celebrating, they're admitting that they did cheat. The three games without, you know, taking us into major court uh, and, and lawsuits here and there, Michigan's admitting they cheated. And, and the other thing is it could open up a whole can of worms because there's a whole bunch of other universities that might be doing something similar but different that, you know, they just want to put this behind them. And I think that's what that's all they wanted to do. And uh, you know, I, I know you're disappointed. I'm actually surprised that they even suspended them. But the so thing is, I, I, I'm sorry, Glenn. You finish up here. No, I, I, I'm finished with what I was going to say. Like I, 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 when I heard that, I thought of you actually because <laughs> we were talking last week. Uh, Ryan Hickey is going to be happy today, but uh, I, I'm actually shocked that that he got anything. And you got to remember too, what are they going to do? Uh, completely suspend him, and then he goes off to the NF, uh, NFL because he's like, I don't need to deal with this. And so they lose. Uh, like, I just think there's so many things at hand. There's the players. We talked about that before. 
I know he talked about, you know, and, and I, by the way, your list was excellent uh, for the top five. I would have just maybe alternated Georgia and Michigan with, uh, in terms of where I'm at, but Oregon's number one. But the point is, like, it, it wouldn't be fair to the players. And, and like I said, they had to do something. They want this to go away and everyone have a nice day and Ryan gets to stop talking about it. That's what I think. The thing, Glenn, so, I appreciate way, Yes. One, one last thing. You talked me into going to your Hickey's picks last week, and I think I went 4-1, and one, so I'm very pleased. Glenn, I was, we're going to do that in a little later in the show. I'll spoil it for yeah. you right now. You are right now the leader, buddy. Really? You are number you one on the leaderboard. Four and one. Wow. You crushed it. So look at you. What did I tell you? Let me know. What did I tell <laughs> you? The one, the people who are at least confident think, oh, I don't know anything, are the, always the ones that, that get the, 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 or do the best results. Well, I appreciate that. Listen, I always love your show. I'm always listening on the way home from work, and uh, it's always nice to chat with you, my friend. But, yeah, I, I just, you know, I'd be happy with the three games and move on. Glenn, appreciate you, buddy. Nice talking to you as always. Be well. Drive safe. Thank you for listening. The point, the last the last point you made there about wanting this to go away, right? If you're the Big Ten, you feel like you got to do something. The, the three-game suspension here, you feel like, okay, let's just do it and move on. Why I at least don't buy that is look what we're seeing right now. Michigan's going to court. We are literally sitting here at 3.17 a.m. Trying to do quick math here. I'm tired. I'm sorry. I'm tired. It's uh, math is not my strong suit. We are less than nine hours away from Penn State, Michigan, the biggest game up to this point on Michigan's season uh, schedule, and we, there's still a chance Jim Harbaugh could be coaching because of them, uh, Michigan, going to court to try to get uh, a temporary restraining order to basically ban this suspension given out by the Big Ten. This is a fight I think Michigan's, Michigan is going to keep on fighting. So it's not like one of those, oh, you're suspended. He's going to go away for three weeks, kind of like what we saw to begin the season when he was suspended for three games and kind of went away and it was kind of all one big joke. This is going to be fighting to the very end. So this, the attention on Michigan, the attention on Harbaugh, and the attention on the punishment is not going away anytime soon. And that's the thing where it's just like, this, if anything, is magnified and poured gasoline on this entire situation. If you're the Big Ten where you try to, like, tamp it down, I think they lit a match, poured 10 gallons of gasoline on a you know on the fire and dropped it in. This is explosive. So a lot of Michigan fans today are upset, are frustrated, are ticked off at their conference in the Big Ten for them levying a three-game suspension on Jim Harbaugh effective immediately and are looking to make the conference pay. I want to go out to Michigan right now and take a call because there's this thought out there or there's this push on how Michigan could get payback on the Big Ten. Jim is in Michigan. Hello, Jim. Uh, hello, yes. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear, buddy. What's on your mind, man? Uh, yes, I, I think this might finally give us an opportunity to have a conversation about getting out of the Big Ten. We have not complained. We've shared equitably and never complained. All the member uh, teams in the conference share evenly, equitably, all the revenues. But we have pulled the lion's share for such a long time, and now that they've stabbed us in the back, it, it just seems like this is the time. And uh, to your earlier point, I, we could talk different, but we completely deny the charges against us about cheating. I believe it was a junior staffer. I don't mean to talk about Connor 
uh, badly, but it was just all kind of manufactured the whole thing. But we could talk about that another time, but we could say on the Big Ten, and I think this is an opportunity for us to get out of the Big Ten, but I, I, I appreciate your thoughts on that. So you want to leave the Big Ten. You feel like they backstabbed you. Let me ask you this. How did the Big Ten stab you in the back? Uh, we have shared uh, by well, us in Ohio State carried by far the lion's share of uh, the the eyes, the viewer eyes in these contracts. I think even Fox might now turn around and sue the Big Ten because if we, you know, are are him hindered, hobbled, I, I, there's reasons why I think Fox might come after them uh, because of their big TV contract. But again, it's uh, Fox may thank them equitably. I think Go more on, people are going to watch tomorrow than maybe before they wouldn't. This is a massive That's story. True. They're yep. going to see at uh, noon, is he going to be coaching? I mean, there's still a chance he could coach. I think people are tuning in to see if he's on the sideline or not. And now more people, if they thought Michigan was going to win, oh, okay, they're going to, you know, Penn State's not very good. Michigan will win that game. Well, like, now you're tuning in to see if Harbaugh is coaching or not and how the team plays if Harbaugh is there versus not. If anything, I think Fox is saying, thank you to the Big Ten. You made this game even more interesting than it already was, and it was already a marquee game of this weekend. Aha. Well, and again, if you wanted to have the conversation about the cheating in itself, I don't want to talk bad about Connor. He was an obsessed super fan. We could go back nine years, even to when he was active duty in the military. I don't want to talk bad about the poor guy, but this is just completely manufactured by Connor. I don't believe our junior, our senior staff didn't know anything about it. You think uh, this is a, a lone wolf, Jim? Yes, for sure. Why didn't Michigan I, I, fire him then, if that was the case? I think I I think we weren't even aware. A lot of people. Connor was around nine years ago when Dan's not going and on inside football, but. Wait, even when Devin Gardner was our quarterback, you'd get off the bus no, all, Jim, over, Jim, Jim, all Jim, over the country. Jim, I'm talking about three weeks ago when this first broke, when this cheating scandal was first alleged that Michigan was gaining these signs illegally. Why was Connor Steins not fired right then? He was suspended with pay pending an investigation, right. which and then we gave him, what happened? which the Big Ten did not give us the opportunity to defend ourselves. That's why we're in court right now trying to get a restraining order. The Big Ten did not give us any opportunity to defend ourselves. I'm sorry, but you go on. No, no. What happened with Connor Stallions? He resigned, right? He wasn't fired. If this was a lone wolf situation, why wouldn't Michigan fire the guy that was breaking all these rules and putting your program in jeopardy when no one else knew about it? It seems pretty simple to me, right? This guy's breaking the rules. He's hurting our program by putting us in a spot where we could be in trouble and maybe miss out on going to the college football playoff. Why wouldn't you just fire him right then and there? Uh, again, I don't want to talk bad about Connor, but he just No, this is about loves... Michigan. It's not about Connor Science. This is about Michigan. Why okay. was he not fired right there if he was truly a lone wolf in this? I think they were just the senior staff were just coming to the understanding of what even was going on. They were completely unaware. And, and so, yeah, we just didn't have grounds to fire him three weeks ago because nobody even really knew where he was. You kind of knew him as an obsessed super fan who kind of finally wormed his way into us, but he became even more delusional. Once he got hired on as a junior staffer, uh, it's clear that all the crazy, the stuff he was doing, I don't believe our senior staff knew anything about it. And beyond that, this, I'll just Jim, say, I don't believe any of the information he gave us was actionable, like usable. Let me ask uh, you this, Jim. I'm sorry, go on. We've heard 
other coaches that come out and say, right, they've had ideas or they were tipped off at, hey, Michigan has your signs, right? Like TCU has come out and said, we've had to change our signs for the college football playoff. Um, you had Greg Schiano Rutgers hint at it before we knew what was going on. He said, like, there's a lot of weird stuff here. Something fagazi is going on in, in lack of better terms. I, I, How I'm come sorry, other with, coaches with, knew about Michigan what, stealing what, signs, what, but the coaching staff didn't? Like the, the Greg Michigan... Schiano has said himself what he was talking about was the officiating in that first half. He wasn't talking about anything fishy with us. He, he, I have he not clarified seen that. that later. Okay, I've not seen that, but okay, I'll look that up. But I don't think that's—I don't think that's what he meant. But why okay. did TCU and again, like? How did TCU that, know to change their signs, but Michigan had no idea what he was doing? How is that possible? I, I just—I I don't because we only hired Connor last year. Um, I just don't see how any of the information that Connor would have given us would have been actionable. And again. I don't want to go on and on about this, but I think Connor was trying to package himself in his delusions as a as an elite military code cracker. He was a Marine officer, but not an intel guy. And I'll shut up. I don't want to go on and on no, about this. No, I have this, one more question intel here guys, for you, Jim. How come when Michigan wrote I'm their sorry? letter, last question for you, Jim, when Michigan yes, wrote their letter yeah. to the Big Ten a few days ago, basically making their argument as to why they shouldn't be punished, how come they never denied the uh, accusations against them. Why did they not say what is being accused is false? We did not cheat. We did not do anything that we that is being said that we did. Why did they just say, well, the president, uh, the present evidence you have right now does not show a connection. They never once issued a denial. If they were innocent or if this was truly a lone wolf situation, why was not Connor Stallions used as the scapegoat and said, this is a one man working on his own. He's a rogue guy. He's already off the staff. You know, we'll make sure this doesn't happen again. Why was why was that not said? Because we don't treat people like that. And again, uh, I, I feel bad Michigan for Connor. Way. He loved Michigan football. He was obsessed. I see. Uh, but he just, it's all delusional in Connor's mind. I see. So a guy who could potentially cost you a college football playoff spot and a chance to win a national title you're not going to throw under the bus to save yourself because your Michigan's a good group of people. Exactly. I mean, Got people it. knew Connor okay. going back nine Got years. Got it. You just don't want to hurt the guy. Right. It's all in his mind. Right. Jim, I appreciate the call, buddy. You, you really you, – you gave us some insight there. You, you definitely gave us some insight there. Two – Top 10 games in college football this weekend. Number two, Georgia against number nine, Ole Miss. Number three, Michigan at number 10, Penn State. I don't think either an upset alert. I don't think Michigan is losing, and I don't think Georgia is losing. And the reason why I think Ole Miss and Penn State are going to be on the losing end of both of these top 10 matchups is because both teams are coached by guys with the same problem. Can't win the big game. James Franklin and Lane Kiffin, they're the same coach. They win consistently, always have their teams being talked about near the top of the rankings. But when it comes to winning that marquee big game, that statement victory, they neither can do it, neither have done it, and neither have given you so far up to their points in their careers reasons to believe they can do it. The reasons are different why both fail, but they're both the same in that they get you juiced up about their team. 
you can believe in Lane Kiffin's USC team, or in this case now this year, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team. You can believe in Penn State and the talent they have and the ranking they have. When it comes to playing these big games, they never come through. For Franklin, it's never being aggressive. Like, for me, like this Penn State-Michigan game comes down to what Penn State can't do. What they can't do is play their best football. They can't peak at the biggest moments. They love to peak against Maryland, against Rutgers, against Indiana. When it comes to playing aggressive, when it comes to playing to win, when it comes to just playing loose and not tight, Penn State can't do it because that's not how James Franklin is, right? College coach, college teams really take on the identity of their head coach. And in these big games, James Franklin clams up. He plays not to lose. And that mindset, when you're worried about making a mistake, when you're just trying to, you know, survive instead of go out there and win the game and take it, that's why Penn State, for the most part, has fallen short in these big matchups. And for Kiffin, it's not exactly lack of aggressiveness. He can't really get both sides of the ball playing well. When the defense plays well like they did against Alabama earlier this year, the offense, high-flying offense, scores 10 points. When the offense is putting up 45 points, defense is allowing 49. It feels like there's a lot of lack of focus in some of these big games from Lane Kiffin coach teams. And that, again, I think reflects off of the head coach where I can't pretend. I like Lane Kiffin a lot, and I can't pretend to tell you that Kiffin's the most dialed-in, focused coach we've seen. He's not Nick Saban, that's for sure, On that, um, in that realm. And so I think those two head coaches with their personalities are consistent in why they are good enough coaches to win you nine or ten games a year get you into the top 10, get your team onto a stage where you're talking about them on a platform like this, having a chance in a top 10 matchup here where people are going to watch the game. But when it comes to actually winning, breaking through, they don't do it. They don't do it consistently. Of the teams right now in the top 10 that I think uh, is on the biggest upset alert this weekend, it ain't Michigan, like I just said. It ain't Georgia. I think it's Washington, actually. Washington hosting Utah. Because of what we talked about before, Washington's defense is not very good. Utah's offense is not great, but Utah's offense can score in bad defenses. Utah put up 34 points against USC in a win in the Coliseum a few weeks ago. Washington's defense gave up 33 points to Stanford a few weeks ago, who's one of the worst offenses in the conference. So even if you're a bad offense, Washington has trouble stopping you. And Utah, even without... Unfortunately, Cam Rising and their best tight end, who have both been out all year, they are struggling to score. But when they play bad defenses, they can take advantage. I think Washington is going to win. That spread is 9.5. I think Utah covers. I think this is a one-score game. It is close. I think Washington makes just one more play enough to squeak this one out. But in terms of upset potential here, who could go down? I don't think we'll see an upset this weekend in college football. The closest call, though, will be the Huskies at home against the Utes. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We're talking a lot about Michigan. Is the three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh enough? I don't think so. I think it's frankly just a fake suspension. Really, that is, has no impact on Michigan season whatsoever. Um, and are they an upset alert this weekend? Are they the team right now most likely in the top 10 to lose? 855-212-4227. We also talked about, with one month left in the season, 
three weeks left of the regular season. Which team has the best chance to win a national title? For me right now, my team to beat is Oregon. That is my pick to win the national title. They're playing great on offense. They're playing great on defense. They're one of five teams I think can truly win a title this year. They, though, are my number one pick. They are, to me, the team right now to be in college football. Bart is calling from California with some thoughts on that. Hello, Bart. Hey, Ryan. What's up? Um, <clears throat> I'm up eating ice cream because you got me hungry. After nice. You what flavor we got? Uh, I'm eating. It's called drumstick. It's vanilla ice cream with chunks of sugar cone, nuts, and uh, chocolate in it. Just wait—is like, it yeah. like the the frozen treat, or is it like an like you're eating out of like a carton? Like I'm eating out of a carton, but it, oh, it's made out of all the uh, the ingredients in the frozen treat. Interesting. Very cool. All right. Nice. Enjoying it. Very cool, Bart. Nice way to spend a Friday. I don't I don't know what Mississippi mud is. You might have to tell me later, but I'll go Coffee, ahead and get on with cream, my point. Hot fudge in there. I think there's some marshmallow as well. It is. It varies. I looked it up. Me and Alex uh, doing a great job producing tonight. We looked it up before. Different ice cream distributors kind of have a different twist on it. But if you get the coffee in there with some chocolate chunks and some fudge and some marshmallow, it is delicious. Oh. Okay. I'm not a big coffee fan. Uh, I mean, I like regular coffee, but not coffee ice cream too much. But uh, anyway, um, you had Washington and Oregon uh, in your uh, top five, and uh, Oregon State's going to have a lot to say about that. They play both those teams. Yes. And uh, I I really think Oregon State's going to take down one of those two teams. It's probably going to be Washington. It's next week. Uh, Oregon State's at home. But uh, Oregon State has been left out in the cold. Uh, they don't have a conference to play in, and I just think they're going to go out with a bang. And they, they did beat Oregon last year. They it did. Was at home. Crazy game. It was a crazy game. They should have lost that game, but Oregon couldn't put them away. And um, so I just, I, yeah. I, so Oregon you put State's in Bart. Very in, good team. So I think there are five teams right now that can win a national title. Alabama, in no order, Alabama, Oregon, Washington, Georgia, Michigan. Are you putting Oregon State in that? No, but they're going to take down either Washington or okay. Oregon. So, Play they're, they're gonna, you know, and Florida State's getting no respect. I don't know if they deserve it yet, but they, I don't see anybody. Don't. I don't see anybody beating them because they have uh, they have a couple of patsies to finish the season. Uh, they'll probably play Louisville in the ACC championship game, and uh, we'll have to see what happens there. But I, I think Florida State's probably going to be undefeated. But that's – and I appreciate the call bar. Enjoy the ice cream, buddy. I'm not buying Florida State. They're not in one of my te- – I don't think they can win a national title this year because I don't think they're very good. Like, they benefited in large part from a bad ACC and a weak schedule. Like you said, I mean, Louisville's probably going to be their toughest game of the season. And I'm not even sure they can go through the rest of the season unscathed. Miami, Florida, Louisville, none of these teams on paper are world beaters, but also Florida State's not exactly been playing like Michigan and blowing these bad teams out. Speaking of Michigan, three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. Is that enough of a suspension for the Michigan head coach? Is he unfairly punished or not punished enough? Beck's call from Florida. What's up, buddy? Hey, shout out the ice cream. How about Blue Bell from Texas? Um, but, um, yeah, this uh, gentleman uh, just kind of took my flame, obviously, me being Florida State and your hate against Florida State and or Texas. I would put both of them over Alabama. Um but yes, obviously, you know me. I'm a realist in my school. I don't, I don't like Norvell and everything else. I want them to fail so they can fire them. But, but at we this do point, have I mean, back, to be better than those other teams you put up there, though. You are you you're rooting for? Are you rooting for Florida State to lose? 
in general, but we got this far. We this only year. have what three games left, so, so I might as um, well. Hey, let's let's do it. Let's you know. I know it's not going to happen. Georgia's going to probably be. Ohio State's going to be there. But you and you guys in the Big Ten, you guys tomorrow better, like we said last week, better beat Michigan and then uh, trying back. If Pac- I could help, the, I would. I'd run on that field and make a tackle if I could. But the Pac-12 too, they're gonna, they're just all so good that they have to play against each other. But then the rankings, if they do lose, they cater. If Florida State loses, we're done. I agree I mean, with that. Yes, absolutely. They they have one loss, they're done. A twelve a twelve and one Michigan team, a twelve and one Oregon team, a twelve and one Texas team in twelve and one Florida State back. I'm with you out. Correct. Out. It's it's interesting back. I'm appreciate the call, buddy. Be well. I just right now I've not seen enough consistency from Florida State to put them as a team that I can truly believe in. Forget about making the college football playoff. That's different. But winning a national title this year, I've not seen it. I have not seen it. All right, we talked a lot about Michigan so far on the show. Let's go to the source. Aaron is calling from Ann Arbor. What up, Aaron? Hello there, uh, Ryan. Um, how? Uh, well, I'll ask how you're doing. I think I know how you're doing. So, w- w- what's the? Uh, let's hear some jabs. Let's hear some frustration. Aaron, how are we feeling right now, buddy? Uh, how am I feeling? Uh, <laughs> well, since it is your job and how you make money in the clickbait fashion to intentionally piss people off and anger them and outrage them with your BS and your slander and your lies and your hypocrisy and your intentional, you know, uh, stupidity. (laughs) I mean, I know you're not that smart of a person, but you're not as dumb as you play on the radio. Why not? To get ratings. Where am I you know, wrong? And and there are there's a whole. Hey, Aaron, hey, where I'm am I wrong? That you can talk as much as you want. No, where am I wrong? I'm asking a question. You where am talk, I wrong? You can talk for 15 minutes in between each phone call if you want. The fact that you don't let a caller speak and you cut them off shows that you have nothing to stand on. I'm you asking you, where am I wrong? Face any criticism. I'm asking you, Aaron. What, what, hey, the floor dude, is yours. Where dude, am I wrong? I haven't heard a word. I haven't heard a word you said because you're interrupting me and cutting me off because you're a sleaze bag. All right. If you want to play that you game, want to let me speak. I asked you five times. Well, Aaron, where you am I wrong? Me where I am I wrong? Talking and I couldn't hear the question, and you're still doing it. Where you're am I wrong? Yellow. You're a slander monger, a gossip monger. All right, Aaron. I I asked you. I mean, at least ten times. Where is I wrong? If you want to listen, call me names. I'm here. I can take. I'm a big boy. No problem. I let you call. I mean, what? You got off ten insults in about a minute and a half. No problem with it. My problem is, if you want to be mad at me, tell me how I'm wrong. If I am spewing lies, explain to me how I am wrong. When you just go the name calling route, that means you can't. If you don't have facts to back up your argument, talk to yourself, man. 